Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast about upcycling. It's Reclaimed Audio with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 69, Be Quiet Bill, March 1st, 2017. This is, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, lovely, Trust in Timber, Sean Petty, Scott Turner, Andrew Reed, Randall Denver, and Greg Mead. And Bill has been doing his best to try to trip me up by just mouthing words that are just nonsensical. And I'll admit, there was a portion there where he did. <laughs> so so apart from uh, uh, pre-derailing, or what I'm calling pre-railing... Well, you know, people, people tune in for the reclaim, but they stay for the professionalism. That's you know? right. <laughs> you know, it's what we're all about. I mean, if yeah. you think about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, professional uh, re- professional derailing, not the reclaimed derailing. That's right. <laughs> what uh, what are we working on? Why don't you go first, there, Bill? Is there like a parts of bulls or something you're working on? Uh, <laughs> no, that was parts of bulls because bull and Taurus went to get. Never mind. I don't want to explain myself to you. All right. Um. So I opened up my priority box that um, Phineas sent me, and I recorded the actual opening live because the last time we did that, and I opened up the box in Boston, and you yelled, yeah, 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 open it, you're supposed to film it, blah, blah, blah. So I actually filmed me opening the box, and how exciting is that? So I, I do have some materials that he gave me that I can come up with something, but he also gave the shop a mallet. He gave Casey a couple of bracelets. He gave me a wallet that he had made. Um, and some, just some random stuff that I'll make a video out of me making. Oh, and a spoon template that I have to carve. Very cool. And, um, the letter that he sent with it too actually, uh, was awesome. So Phineas, thank you for that. I opened it and started the filming, uh, this weekend and it was, uh, quite special and emotional and, and I love my job just for that reason <laughs> alone. I really do. So, and Phineas had his fourth video. Uh, everybody take a listen and a look and, and check it out. It's pretty cool. Very cool. Right on. Tim? I just delivered one of the large dining tables I was, I was making today, and the customer is very happy with it. I put a picture up on Instagram. It, uh, I mean, the table itself is like kind of, you know, a big rectangle, and it's, it's kind of dark. Can, and stuff, can, which, I, can yeah. I just say, Tim, that um, I thought I always knew what juxtaposition meant, and I actually never really have, and I looked it up, and you're right. It was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I liked the. I was, I was about to say I really liked the juxtaposition of of this table. She wanted this very rustic looking table, and she has these really kind of like Eames style plastic chairs that are white that she put oh, around cool. this sort of dark wood table. And uh, and you know, she sent me the pictures and whatnot. And I just thought it was awesome, the um, striking. The, the, yeah. The, the what does that mean, Eames style? Like the seat is turned up, like the edges. Uh, like turned those, up? like the Eames chair, like the famous. No, kinda, like the yeah. retro seventies plastic. Chairs, yeah, but they were all plywood, yeah, the, the right? They were plywood, and then they the... were black leather. No, 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 no. right? Well, that's that's another all chair. Plastic. The Eames uh, chairs are also like the, yeah, they they made the uh, the armchair one, uh, yeah. which I actually have an original. Um, and then they have the they made these like plastic, almost like school chairs. Your satellite dish Eames okay. chair does not count as an original. Thank you. 
Thank you for clearing that up for me. I thought that my name was Eames and I made that. Well, your name <laughs> but is what not I wanted Direct to talk TV. about, I, I've got a bunch of stuff going on, another table, blah, blah, wolf. What I wanted to talk about, what, I'm sorry, you cut out? Oh, no, you Ooh. cut out. I cut you cut out. out. You cut out. Cut it out. <sighs> okay. Uh, <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to talk about real quick, though, was that I'm, last week I was bemoaning about how I had to buy a palm sander. Because uh, the, my Festool one that I'd ordered 900 years ago hasn't come in yet or whatever. So I went to – and I'm going to mention a brand name and I'm not getting paid to do this. I went to the box store and I bought a Ryobi. And, uh, you know, they're an inexpensive tool. Um, I've had pretty much – pretty good success with Ryobi. I, I, you know, I mean people tend to talk about like, oh, it's not like a – they tend to compare the Ryobi stuff to more like the – the Harbor Freight stuff, but it really shouldn't be. I think it's I think it's on the other side of that spectrum by far. It's more up in the mm-hmm. DeWalt side. But so I bought this palm sander. This is not my first palm sander. It won't be my last palm sander. I think it for 30 bucks, I think this thing is fantastic. It is better than the $60 one I had that died that got me into the $19 one that I'm using from Harbor Freight right now. Um, and it's just I, – I, I am super excited to see – the Festool compared to it. And I might actually do my first comparison video because I can't imagine this $100 Festool being any better than this thing. I just can't imagine. What does it do? Besides, is is the Festool a five or a six inch? I, a five. Yeah, it's, it's a five. five. It's the same it's standard size. I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is going to be dust a collection down the road? And, and vibration. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. The, the uh, Oh, hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> Here's Vance. We're actually recording, so come on in. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. Hi. You know, we weren't prepared to have Vance stop by. It's very nice surprise to have yeah. you here, Vance. He, he couldn't. He, uh, I don't think he heard you, but they just said they weren't prepared to see you when they said hi. Oh. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to say to our reclaimed audio listeners? Um, can I have your whiskey? No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe That's we'll the that thing we came up with. Isn't isn't there a tree and an apple and it fell or something like that? <laughs> something like that. Oh man, I'm gonna be here all night. <laughs> I'm gonna be here all night. <laughs> He's coming. To sit Don't forget to tip your ready, waitress. Get ready for the show. Don't forget to tip your bartenders, folks. <laughs> all right, say good night to everybody, and uh, we're gonna get back to our podcast. Okay, good night, good night Vance. Good night, buddy. Love you, buddy. Good night, buddy. All right, cut that part out. <laughs> no way, that's staying in. That's gold, Jerry. Daddy, Daddy, can I have some of your whiskey too? <laughs> that's definitely staying in, Bill. <laughs> now so everybody Tim knows. Tim is working how... on um, teaching his uh, Vance to uh, make things, including uh, a tall one, well, yeah. <laughs> including AA chips. Well, it's funny. Yeah. The, the uh, I don't I don't drink in front of. My kids, like I, they, I only, that's like after they go to bed, I'll, I'll pour whiskey. So usually when we do the podcast, Vance is already in bed, but they're just coming in late. So, but yeah. so I was like, oh, I'm getting ready to do the podcast. So I pour a whiskey. So he came in and he saw it. And so that was something that, cause I just don't want to be like drinking in front of my kids. Yeah. You know, just I agree. I do the same so that's thing. Why, yeah. I mean, except for in the morning, that's different. <laughs> well, that's daddy's wake up serum. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. But uh, so that's why it was like he it's saw the, coffee. It's coffee. He saw the glass in there. and He knew what it was. He's like, "Oh, that's that stuff that Daddy only drinks when I'm asleep." I'm gonna, I'm gonna embarrass him on a podcast. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's yeah, longevity of back to the the sander, uh, yeah, in the oh. vibration and stuff, you know. But that's like I was so impressed with the the quality and the quietness 
of this one for thirty dollars in comparison to the last the last one I had was a Craftsman. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I just bought that that other one from uh, Harbor Freight just because it was on sale for you. I think it was like even less than that or whatever. I had a coupon, you know, and it's like it would be good to have a backup just in case, you know. But like it's so much better than that sixty dollar Craftsman that I had. I'm like excited to see what's going to happen with the festival, you know. Hmm. So I'm excited to see what happens to Craftsman. Oh just, yeah, with the just got <laughs> yeah, it just got bought by my neighbors up the street there, Stanley. Yeah, hey, can you guys do me a favor though? If you do have another Festool sale, and you you know, just let a brother know. I I can't promise anything. Yeah. All right. I'm not really good at communicating. Yeah. Apparently, um, but I, I agree with you about the Ryobi. The difference between Ryobi and Harbor Freight, so to speak, is Ryobi is more affordable as opposed to just cheap. Cheap. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've uh, had some Ryobi tools that have lasted forever, and Ryobi's been around forever too. Yeah, and they've definitely made improvements. I have; they've they've gotten better, and the price hasn't changed. They're like much they more. They're green. much more yeah. of the weekend warrior type thing. They, I think, they are now what Craftsman turned into. Basically, Craftsman used to be top of the line to where Craftsman was. I still love Craftsman stuff. I still buy Craftsman stuff, but they are weekend warrior stuff. I don't think they can handle the day to day grind. You so, know. Ryobi, if you're listening, you can shoot me an email for sponsorship at phil at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. <laughs> I'll even pull the masking tape off your logo exactly. on my, all my tools. <laughs> I see how it is. I see how it is. Um, it'll be, yeah, it'll just, be my, my saying that they weren't cheap. They were just affordable, praising the tools. Yeah. And never mind. All right. Yeah. No, but I mean, I know just a few weeks ago, I kind of even mentioned when I said that they made my favorite angle grinder and i kind of refer to them as a cheap tool i was like oh yeah they're like the cheap tools you know or something i don't remember what my <coughs> words were, but they're disparaging and i was and i was thinking about that as it's like why did i even say that i was like they actually make really good stuff for the price if you're looking if you're a woodworker and you need a tool and you don't want to spend a like a couple hundred bucks on the high-end one don't go buy the ryobi don't go to the box don't go to harbor freight and buy that stuff like that, that'll make you not want to woodwork you know yeah <laughs> a lot of they that stuff make- unless you yeah go ahead I'm going to say they do make um, getting started um, accessible. Very yeah, much for a so. couple hundred bucks, you can have a full shop. You know? Well, I like I like the uh, philosophy of when somebody asks, should I get one of those massive router bit sets? You know, like 100 router bits for yeah. like 50 bucks. And when you're first starting out, I say yes. And then see which bits you use. They Obviously, they burn out pretty damn quick. and But then yep. just replace the ones that you one. use with good ones. So it's the same thing for tools for me. Like if you're going to use a tool occasionally, then yeah, don't buy like a crazy high end one. Just buy good tools of the tools you use. Mm. Mm. You know, looking, I have I, a fl- go ahead. I'll just I know Ryobi does have that six inch palm sounder as well. At least they do at my local box store. And um, the difference between if you've never used a six inch palm sander as opposed beast. to a five. It's awesome. They do so much more work. Uh, you can't believe the difference. And you're thinking like it's only an inch different, but I'm telling you. No, but the I'm, motors are like nine amps versus three and a half. I don't care what all about that. I don't have any feeling in my arms anyway. So I just, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying you're just getting a ton more power. That's why. Yeah. yeah. You, well, yeah. it's just the, the is surface it more area like a bell too, sander, I mean. like where if you fall asleep with the switch, you could just destroy it. I mean, is it like that strong? Or? No, 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 no. It's just the surface area of the sander yeah. is. But you so can much go through greater. veneer pretty quick. If you don't well, you pay can do attention. that with five inch too, though. If you like, like plywood. Why are you sanding through veneer? Aren't you aren't you supposed to be recycling pallets? Well, sometimes you can reclaim stuff that has a veneer. I'm doing restoration that stuff off anyway. Yeah, furniture and stuff, and 
you know, no, I just well, cut it get down to the MDF. Anyways, I don't. My shop stone. <laughs> you don't know my life. You don't know me. <laughs> I do what I want. All right. Uh, what, what am I up to, you ask? I was Finally? Say, what was that? Step outside. I can't so, remember the line. Know, I think by now, Phil, you should be prepared that I'm going to probably come off the cuff with some stuff. So go ahead. What are you working on? Okay. Uh, in hindsight, you guys are going to roll your eyes. The segue king over here. You just you just dropping them out left and right with the segways. I know, I know. Uh, I heard. Right. The, hey Phil, uh, what are you working on? The inventor of the segway uh, fell off a cliff actually on a segway. Urban myth, That's... urban legend, or truth? Uh, well, they I saw were a documentary about that guy. He's still alive. <laughs> No, that's uh, Dean whatever, but the actual guy. Anyways, someone will figure it out, and they'll send us an email. Um, I'm working on um, – finished, actually. I finished, and I put up pictures of the uh, of the cubbies that I built for my kids. So that was and finally it's done. Ax- it's, but, bravo. That picture, awesome. Thank you, Thank you bravo. very much. Happy Thank child. You. I'm bowing. Thank yes, you. very happy child. That made that picture amazing. Yeah, it was uh, – Where do you buy those? Is that like a prop? You, can you, it's like when you stage your house, or do you – yeah, you can rent them by the day, uh, and it's more expensive for the cuter ones that you know, the ones that I had in the picture. <laughs> the hideous kids are very cheap. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> well, who would admit to having the cheap hideous kids? I was one of the hideous kids. <laughs> And you're very affordable. We appreciate that. That's right. And yet you're always trying to replace me. You don't know a bargain when you got one. No, it's an empty gesture. I would never go through the effort of changing you out. Um, (laughs) That that caught me off guard. (laughs) You were not prepared for it. (laughs) All right. I know there's a podcast in here somewhere. We're going to sift through it. Yeah, so I finished up those cubbies, and um, and I'm going to do an overview video, and then I'll sort of recreate some of the more important parts of how I did the dado and how I did the uh, you know the edge banding and how I fixed up and hid some of the mistakes. Hint, hint, silicone is your friend when it comes to melamine. <laughs> uh, that worked out really well. I don't know. I didn't really hear about it, but I figured that it would work well, and it really worked well. So I even clear like the white silicone, like white uh, silicone, bathroom, bathroom but white. one that was that has adhesive mixed into it. So it actually worked out really well. So like any, I put silicone in all of the um, in all the corners and all the joints. So sometimes there was some chip out because I pounded mm. pounded whatever the divider into the dado. And melamine chips and cracks or whatever, and most of them were clean, but a few of them had some chipping. So you could see that it just looks like this crack, and you could see chipboard behind the white. So I just run a bead and then run my finger through the mm-hmm. bead of silicone, and it's white on white. You can't see anything, and it's great. And even I had a couple of gaps in the front where the uh, dividers sit into the dados. And let's say it's like a, I don't know, a 32nd or a 64th, but it's still a gap. You see it dark. So I push a little silicone into it. <laughs> You never see it. It's fantastic. Mm. You know, so, you lick your finger. I'm not kidding. Like that, and the silicone won't stick to your finger. Oh yeah. I used um, I used vinyl gloves, <sighs> but okay. it will stick because it's, I used the stuff with adhesive. It still won't stick if you lick your finger. You know, that sounds like a tip that's gonna blow up in my face. And we're like, Bill, <laughs> Bill said it would, and I've got silicone in my mouth and all over my face. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing you forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Woo! so did you use normal wood glue first inside the 
I used uh, that liquid nail stuff. Oh, yeah, because liquid nails. wood glue that, won't that. work with melamine that well. Uh, yeah, well, it's too porous. You need that. Yeah, yeah, liquid nails exactly. You need a ton brand, of it. Yeah. But liquid nails works really yeah. well. Like, that, that thing is bulletproof. My wife asked, if one of the kids stands on it, will it break? I was like, you, me, your father, and your mother could stand on this thing, and it would be fine. You're like, look, mm. honey, watch. Let's put a kid on it. We'll take a picture, post it on Instagram. Mm. No, See, no, no, no. Don't hey. get the cute one. Don't get the, the costume. <laughs> Where's look, the hideous one? The hideous Who's one? the hideous one? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to any of these. Yeah, you're lucky. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I finished that up, and um, and that's basically what I worked on. I'm actually, I said I was done with the whiskey boxes, but I got an order for one, and I'm probably going to get an order for four of them from a corporate customer tomorrow. So is it the upped price version? No, I didn't get a chance to do it because because it takes when someone sends me a request, a right? So they they ask for a quote, right? So, and I can't up it while we're still in negotiations. So, oh, but meanwhile, for prior. four of them for eight hundred bucks, Canadian, like, oh, all right, I'll do it. You know, I'll batch yeah. them out. Well, you know that, but that is the type of a product where if you make them in a batch, you you start to see the the return. Oh, for sure, especially yeah, since these are all going to be exactly the same. There's no same size of materials. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's definitely worth job. it. Just I'd, make, I'd make sure you just make sure that you're ready to take on the project and it doesn't burn you out. That is a good point, Bill. Thank you. Just hey, I wonder what Bill. the topic just is. This hey, week. what's the topic today, Bill? <laughs> well, I think it should be amply, amply, aptly, aptly, aptly named um, survival. Or no, no, that other thing they call it, um, uh, prepper. No, prepared. Being prepared. Yep, that's the one. Being salt, prepared, salt everyone. Pepper. This topic is about, in case you didn't get our very uh, subtle subtle segues, uh, this week's episode is about being prepared. And that, uh, for us, it, it means having your tools sharp. It means <laughs> wait, wait, having... No, no, us... no, for us, it means about 10 minutes ago, before we started recording this, we said, what should our topic be? How about being prepared? <laughs> hey, hey, they don't know that we don't know that we're not. They you know, know now. They know now that we uh, are. We're off the unprepared. cuffers. Yeah, we were real prepared. No, actually, we had another topic, and then we realized that we've done it four or five times. So, because <laughs> so, we're really prepared to go this. with our old standby. Be prepared. So we were not. We thought we were prepared, but we were really not prepared. Yeah, and 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 here we are. So how As can my we relate says, this seriously? How can we relate this topic to upcycling, reclaiming? What I mean, let's let's well, make it a tofu and potatoes. If we're gonna do this off the cuff, let's try and make it all about reclaiming and upcycling and re- just stuff. Fine. So I'll go first because I have an easy example. Okay. For me, being prepared means, and I know that you do this, Tim, also is you go through a batch of boards and you'll take all the nails out and you prepare a whole bunch of stocks that when you're ready to make, you can make. And no, I always leave at least one nail in to surprise me later. <laughs> <laughs> you are a courageous man who hates his tools, but I am a little different. Oh, I don't do it on purpose. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. No, I, that, so that's what I like to do. I like to, I like to do like one session of like four or five hours, excuse me, of just preparing stock. So ripping pallets apart and denailing them and sometimes even milling them, getting them ready for work. And then when I'm ready to make, I, I just have a stack of stuff that I can make with. 
So and let me ask uh, let me ask you this then, because um, you just said you've got an order for like four whiskey boxes. Yeah. How are you going to prepare to batch those out? I mean, is there a process that you go through? Yeah, How would you I'll have to take to apart probably three pallets for that, depending. Okay. And then I usually have to uh, edge glue about two slats per, let's say, board around. So I'll take two slats and then I'll plane them down to the same size or the same thickness. And then those are boards that I can start using for the sides. And then I I have these, uh, we use these shipping crates, which land up using just like skinning the crate with uh, like quarter inch Luan or quarter inch something. Mm-hmm. And that's what I use for the bottoms and for the lids. And then I always use like reclaimed two by fours or whatever for the, for the sides of the lids or the frame mm-hmm. of the lid, I should say. So preparing for you is just like you said, getting the lumber milled up, ready to go, prepared an assembly line basically you set yourself up for a small assembly line and boom 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 yep that's that's what i'm doing and then i'll like i'll do that for like four or five hours a lot of the times if i'm like screwed for time i won't even bother like delicately taking the pallet apart it's just a cirque saw and then i'm just getting like the bare minimum i can have it as cleanly and quickly as possible Mm. like we have a ton of pallets at work so i don't really care but i usually try Get some whoa, of the nail whoa, holes whoa. because it's more <laughs> character. Oh, but I'll just I can just throw out half the palette. I, we don't really care what. Well, it's garbage anyway. Whatever I take out of it is a win. No, that's a good. It's a good point to bring out that yeah. It, if it was something that was headed for the garbage and you only save half of it, that is it's still good. A, a win versus. Oh, they don't let me take you know. the good ones. They let me take like the mo- the little bit broken ones, the ones that definitely will not support the weight of a bathtub. Oh, is it kind of like ice cream? Like if you lick it, then it's yours. That's the rule. <laughs> and that's not I, just ice know? cream. That's all things, Tim. That's how my wife and I met. <laughs> that's a joke. Oh, well, we I'm not going to say that's how Tim and I met now. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> actually, based on your stalking behavior, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. <laughs> so so uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, because you, you were talking about the pallets and you know, there's like two ways that you take apart pallets. You either try and save the entire top slat mm-hmm. because you want – there's times when I've wanted to utilize the the holes that it creates because that's a, a character mm. piece for the board. Or like you said, you just cut those puppies right off and then you just tap the nails out and then you can save the runners as well. Because it's almost like you're either going to destroy the top slats a little bit or the runners, one or the other. It's really difficult – and it takes a lot longer to try and save everything. So I find yeah. myself, usually it's like, okay, I'm really interested in the runners. Uh, and I, I think Izzy is a lot more interested most often in the, the runners too when he takes pallets apart. Um, or I'm interested in the slats themselves and, and that's what I'm you know going for. So I'm usually this- more interested in the slats. The, right. Me too. The runners for me are basically like, they're two by fours, right? So there's only so much. And I so, don't trust that I got all the nails out of those. At least with the slats, you could see the nail holes for the most right. part. Yeah. Well, for the, the runners are a nightmare for nails, like especially the oak ones. Yeah. Know? Well, they can be. The yeah. nails well, they I use have... are those uh, nail gun with barbs in them. Yeah, and they have that that copper brad or something around them. That... Yeah, and so, a lot of times they use like the five inch long, like uh, <laughs> what's it called again? The twisted nails. Yeah. Yes. T- are impossible oh, to get out. But I have some true. great oak runners sitting there that I can't do anything with because they have nail holes in them, and I land up using the demo saw to cut the slats off. So I just have the nail in the runner, so I don't know. I guess I could cut them up into smaller parts and use them for maybe tool holders. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm hanging on to them. 
Yeah. You watch uh, some of my videos where I've taken apart a pellet, made some interesting things. You go ahead and do that. I've seen <laughs> one of your videos before. It's fine. <laughs> no, I've seen I one. Always the one that the, had I your name in it. The one that had your name in it, right? Right, right. <laughs> no, no, no. The one where you played, uh, the one where, where you were the Big Lebowski. I saw well, the that one gigantic. had my name in it. <laughs> that had Tim's that name in it. I saw that one. I saw the gigantic Duresta ice pick. I saw, I saw all your videos. Oh. I'm just messing around. Okay. Who's frozen? Is it just me? Terrific. All right. Well, I just, okay. you know, I'm going to be prepared. Okay. Yeah, just you. Who's next? Who's got more preparation oh, they want to talk no, about? Tim is not frozen. I see his eyes moving. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just waiting for the, the computer to catch up. So. <laughs> um, we're, uh, it's a little off topic about the palace, but I want to kind of continue with that. Uh, I always kind of let the wood decide. Like, I use a, a pry bar, kind of like Izzy's thing. It's like a deck wrecker. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, for the most part, I'll get on one of those and I'll start prying at the at the slats, and the wood will decide what pieces I'm going to save. You know what I mean? I figure if it breaks here, that means I probably didn't want to use it. It's kind of how I see it. So instead of just taking the circ saw and like thinking I think I want this board, I, I take the pry bar to it, and then the pry the board says, "Nope, you don't want to use me. I'm going to mm. break right now." And then I let so that decides whether I'm saving the runners or the slats. You know what I mean? I glue those back together a lot of the times. Do you? Wow, yeah. that's that's very Tim Sway of you to do it like that, Tim. I, well, you know what? I, but I, I also heat my shop on scrap wood, so it's like kind of okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's different. Like, <laughs> once I once I have these pallets home, I want every single slap. But I used I learned that trick from Jimmy DeResta, that one video that I watched a million times where he turns a pallet into a toolbox. Hmm. But yeah. that was my bible for pallets when I first started, and I saw that he broke one, so he just glued it back together. I was like. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I did, yeah, I do that with other wood, I guess. You know, you you break a chip off, especially with reclaimed wood. There's always like that old that piece that kind of comes apart. It's like I can just glue it. And yeah, it's still a board. So, you know, line so right you're up. saying you're saying that we have to be prepared for when there's a little bit of a mishap during pallet deconstruction. Yeah, I mean, you should be prepared for a mishap in anything that you make, or any I mean, other like, aspect of life. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Like you for guys example, are so deep. <clears throat> I know we're a couple of puddles oh. over here, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no. But the a truth pothole. is, is like there, there's no such thing as the perfect make, the perfect build, the perfect assembly. There's always going to be some fudging that has to happen. And that was the thing I wanted to bring up from when we we're talking about being prepared. Is I think that being prepared, a lot of that preparation happens before you even turn the lights on in the shop. If you're going in for a job. There's a lot of thinking that goes into the job prior to making it. I try to build everything I make in my head before I build it. Mm -hmm. um, and especially if you're trying to do this for a living, I try to build everything in my head before I cost it and come up with an estimate for my customer. Uh, because that's something I learned the hard way, of course, like everybody does. We're like, oh, I could probably make that in an afternoon. Three weeks later, you're making 50 cents an hour, you know, still working on something. Uh, so I, I try to figure like, well, that's going to take me a long time. And then the other thing I've been doing lately is I've been realizing because I, well, I bought new, uh, head, uh, ear, hearing protection, like the mm -hmm. kind that I call them. I actually wrote Paul on the piece of tape I used to cover over the logo, as in Paul Jackman. <laughs> because they're the ones with the little radio inside. And, and uh, and so okay. now I have a, a radio in, in my ear. So now I actually have a sense of time when I'm doing like long, like noisy things. <laughs> 
you know, like, <laughs> like running the plane, like, okay, I got to plane these boards down. That'll be an hour. You know, like I, I never had any concept of time really. So I'm like, when I'm now I'm kind of getting a better concept of time. Like, actually that only took 15 minutes, you know, I'm like, Hey, maybe I'm actually doing okay here. Like on this job, like you start to, and so I'm trying to take a, do a better job now of actually even look at the clock as I'm, you know, and also my, my skill sets change and I get better at things and I get faster at things and, and then I get slower at some things because I take more time on some things now than I might not have in the past, like finishes, for instance, I'm trying to get better at. So I'm like, I'm always being prepared, you know, by, by keeping an eye on myself and keeping myself in check, uh, auditing my work, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's also that like part it. of preparation. You brought up the point of finish and, and that also sort of goes to being prepared. So, I like to have a certain amount of flexibility in my in my tool set as far as what I know I'm going to need in order to finish up a job. So, for example, we just you talked about finish. So, at any given time when I'm making one of these whiskey boxes, obviously you need to finish them. The stain needs to be sealed, all this stuff. So, which way am I going to go? On this one, I've got a little bit more time, and I don't really want to smell up the garage with, like, a, yeah, I don't know, a spray lacquer. Mm. So, instead, I'll use polycrylic. You know, and then I could just brush it on, barely even smells, and, you know, I can just leave the garage. Do I need to put on multiple coats tonight because I've got to ship it out first thing in the morning? Okay, I'll have to do some spray lacquer with the uh, with the heat gun and, and then a second, a second coat, a little bit of sand, and then it's done. So being prepared for a level of flexibility that, you know, some having in your toolbox will help you with. So that goes along with tools, that goes along with finishes. You know, like uh, adding some hand planes to my arsenal and, you know, like now I just bought this uh, belt sander and all these things that have really helped me become more flexible when I'm making and the circumstances that I'm in are really a big part of preparation for me. Uh, Quickly, Phil, do you ever use shellac? I haven't yet, but I want to. I think you should go tomorrow before you make these four boxes and buy a little Zinsler shellac can don't get the amber stuff get the clear stuff because otherwise it'll freak you out and, i was gonna um, say gonna <laughs> yellow freak my stuff. Out. <laughs> yeah there, there's two of them there's like clear and amber you know okay do you know do a little test but what i love mm-hmm. about shellac and it's not the most you know it's made from like this the, the lac bug like mucus or whatever it's just like weird bug in india and so it sounds like it's eco-friendly but it's not because it's like mixed with chemicals you know alcohol or whatever or mineral i don't know i think it's mineral spirits you use to thin it mm-hmm. um Yes, and uh, if you buy the flakes, yeah, you can make. It. Yeah, oh, that's you can just mix alcohol, your... isn't it? Alcohol that you use with shellac so. flakes. Uh, yeah, geez, I don't remember. Uh, it's no, isopropyl. Well, the, but Mark, if you buy the stuff, that's Mark already mixed. Spags would know. Yeah, he did a whole video about friend. it. You Actually, mean my best yeah. friend? Yeah, he would. Yeah. Best friend, Mark Spags. Mark Spags. I remember him no saying low. it's alcohol. Yeah, but so it, you, well, you're you probably right. and stuff. But even even just out of the can, it works pretty good. And uh, but what's really cool is you can put multiple coats on almost as fast as your spray. Uh, it like dries that fast. So that's terrific. Um, so it's another, yeah. but you can also, you can also so do that nicer. with polyurethane, anything else that you can thin down, uh, without, with alcohol, um, anything that you can thin down with a, that kind of, a, uh, you know, mineral spirits or something like that, it's going to dry yeah. a lot faster, if yeah. you, but you're putting on super thin coats. Yeah. So. But they, yeah. but you can build them up pretty quick. I feel, I mean, I don't know the mathematical ratio of it, but I feel like you, if you get six thinned on coats of shellac, I think, I feel like you can get those on faster than the, like two thick coats or something else like the equivalent of that you know what i mean i feel like I don't know. you're never getting a- get anything on faster than spray lacquer spray lacquer is like 20 minutes man you, you're spray 20 minutes little sand spray 20 minutes little, i mean within yeah, an hour lacquer's, you three coats on uh, 
a shellac, I'll do it. I mean, I'll look seriously. If I'm doing a, like a, co- say like a three foot by two foot coffee table, yeah. by the time I get done, like I'll do the bottom, like the legs, I'll do yeah. the top. By the time I'm done doing the top, I'm already standing and doing the bottom. By the time I'm done doing the bottom, I'm already standing and doing the top. Well, that's like quick. I will tell you that. That's quick. that's quick. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, you can go nonstop and get like three coats on without even stopping. Wow. Okay. So I'll have to check that on out. On the whiskey boxes, you know, if you do four whiskey boxes, if you, by the time you're done with the fourth, you'll yeah. be able to do the first one again. So that's pretty darn good. I think so. Yeah. That would help okay. you prepare for the upcoming project. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just trying, like I'm said, trying to, you know, capitalize tool for you. To be prepared yep. with. Yeah. He's um, just trying yeah. to help you prepare. If we just keep saying the word prepared, it'll sound like we know what we're talking about. We're talking about, right. <laughs> just, can you stop lifting the curtain out of the way and letting them see behind the stage? <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing yeah, to move on. Is... <laughs> All right, so uh, anybody interested in what I think of as prepared when I'm not really, anyways, Phil. <laughs> so back to I what I was so. saying. Yes, Bill, go ahead. What were you going to say? Please, Bill. Please, oh please. Oh, hold on. Let me unmute myself. Um, <laughs> Wait, that was there's muted. no <laughs> chance you've ever muted yourself. You don't even That's know true. where that button is. I don't actually. <laughs> so what what I think of when I'm uh, I'm I'm a reclaimer. I'm an upcyclist. Um, what I think of being prepared is being prepared at any given moment to spot something on the mm. side of the road, mm. in a trash can. Materials can be out there. If you, if you look harder, it's like it, since, I, since, <laughs> since I now drive a uh, green named Yoda, Kia Soul, I see them everywhere because I pay more attention to them now. Um, same thing with reclaiming. If you're actually looking for materials, you make it a habit of – when you go from home to work, if, if you're not doing this for a living, um, make a habit of looking or maybe driving a different way to work every day You know, if you can, even if it's a block out of your way or something, and be prepared to, to find those materials sitting on the side of the road. Maybe in my area it's a lot easier than in some rural country like Canada, but it's uh... – hey, hey, Tim, mm-hmm. quick question. <laughs> During the winter – because we're basically the same weather, you and I. Is there stuff outside? Because I don't ever see anything in the winter. You know, it is It is true. Like, we don't have that year-round picking uh, as much. There's even, like, the flea markets are closed sometimes, you know. I yeah. mean, the, those guys will <laughs> go on anything. As long as the parking lot's plowed, they'll bring their tarps out, you know. But, um, yeah, the uh, I, I do every once in a while have opportunities to pick stuff up just because of whatever someone's moving or whatever. But it's like, that's if you happen to catch it between snowstorms. Well, that's you know? exactly what I was going to say. Ruined. Do you like your stuff yeah. soaking wet yeah. and waterlogged? Well, see, now, I'm not saying you have to do this you know, year-round. I don't have perfect weather, by the way, all the time. We've had a lot of rain lately, so there hasn't been much we a, out there. We had a misting the other day. I don't know. But but it doesn't change the fact that you should be prepared. What if you spot I, something? I agree with you 100. What if you spot something uh, behind a store? Maybe there's a really nice pallet leaning up against the wall where they've already plowed your snow with salt and whatever it is they do. <laughs> spoken spoke like a person who has no idea what the hell I he's know. talking about. <laughs> he's like, and then they put the salt on the snow. They got the salt on the snow, and then it just melts. <laughs> it's crazy. That's what's his name from um, Apocalypse Now. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Yeah, that guy. So yeah. my Christopher Walken applies basically only to Doctor Seuss books because that's the only time I ever do that accent for my son. I go, has he, he like he hates it when I do it too, but it just cracks me up. I go, oh, two green eggs and ham, one apple up <laughs> on top, two <laughs> apples up. On top, 
And that's about the point where he freaks out on me. He goes, Dad! Not in the funny voice! <laughs> he really says funny, huh? He says, yeah, he doesn't like it when I say it in the funny voice. And then I'll do Peppa the Pig oh. in a British accent. And it drives him crazy, but my daughter loves it, so... What are you going to make he happy really, out of it? He really, he thinks it's <laughs> just saving money on therapy bills there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, the cute ones are more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and thank goodness your kids aren't old enough to listen to the podcast yet either. <laughs> and if you guys are listening to this in 10 years from now, you should turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So no, let's goes, bring it stuff that goes on the on... internet doesn't last forever. It's okay. No, no, no. no. Let's bring this back onto the trail mm. train tracks, though. Um, oh my god, alternate universe. I Go know. ahead, Bizarro sir. Bill. Sorry, alternate <laughs> facts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that wasn't me, funny, Bill. <laughs> where the weather? Where the weather? So how can you be prepared for the weather then? When it comes to reclaiming, I mean, you guys brought it up. What's a way to mm. be prepared for certain conditions? I mean, can you be like a little squirrel, little Tim and Phil squirrels that stockpile away their their little nuts to be able to have during the wintertime so they can still create and make? First of all, let me say that I appreciate you discussing my nuts on the uh, on the air here. But uh, secondly, I will say a, that... There better be a beep over that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking the metaphor with the... The uh, metaphor of maker nuts. That's right. funny if there's a well, beep. Well, the squirrel, the preparedness of a squirrel. Oh, right. Or the we will talk about what's in Tim's cheeks right now because you know the squirrel with the cheeks and yeah he looks like a squirrel with. I told you there's a squirrel living in the wall of my shop all winter. They made their nest in the wall of my shop right by my stove because it's like the warmest place on the property. Drives me excellent segue, Tim. Excellent, excellent. So, anyways, continue with your nuts. Yeah, you're both nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And continue with us. So seriously, uh, was, how does weather impact your preparedness? I was going to say, so you know, basically, we know our garbage days. We know, you know, when people put things out, you know, when weather's coming out, you know, you can always keep a tarp in your car if you need to wrap something up that's wet because of that. Uh, there's all kinds of, of behavior that you can be prepared to use when when uh, when weather is a factor. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing, too, is like you did say about squirreling stuff away. I I do that. Uh, I take advantage of when there's an opportunity that comes up to where I can get a lot of wood. I know I'm going to use it. So I might, it, you know, like if I can get a deal on something where if it costs, usually this stuff costs like four bucks a foot and I can get it for three bucks a foot if I fill my truck today or I can get it for like a dollar a foot. I fill my truck and I find a place to put it. Even mm-hmm. before I had the space that I have now, I had tarps in my, and you know, they're not perfect, but it's like when you know you need to dig into it, usually stuff's still a little wet under the tarp. You, can, you pull it in, you let it dry for a few days. You have to be be prepared and like, okay, well, I'm going to be making this table next week. I'm bidding on the job. It's a 50-50 chance I'm going to get it. But just in case I do, I'm going to pull this stuff in and let it start drying now. And, that's a great, and stuff that's like a great that. point. Uh, I always a, thinking yeah. ahead. of, And then I think about it too. Like, like I had just two large dining tables I was working on right now. I had to prepare. My space isn't that big. I don't have room for it. So I had to, I had to figure out how I was going to put one dining table like into glue while the other one's getting onto legs, you know, while, and then I've got a, two little jobs I'm working on the same time where I'm going to actually physically put those. I'm also preparing like a, a circular sort of flow of product around my shop 
Um, again, like uh, I said, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, for me, it's all thinking even outside of the shop is where all my preparation well, comes from. Yeah, it's, it's got to be tough when you have a shop with three separate large areas to be but able to But they're all full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> There's no room left. It's way harder when the space is gigantic, Bill. Duh. I, duh. <laughs> you got to be prepared for that. Yeah. No, well, but you I mean, brought up if a good I didn't point. have the space, I'd only make one table at a time. You know what I mean? I do have the space to make multiples, but then, yeah. but then the other problem because of the we do have weather. I can't put finish on one of these tables in one of those other bays. I only heat one of them. It's not it's not going to dry. It's not going to cure right. So I have to think about that too. I have to. I actually that's part of my preparation of my day is when I get into my shop in the morning. It's forty degrees if I'm Getting lucky. Getting it heated which up. I've yeah. been lucky. I can't start putting finish on until it's like 60. You know what I mean? That takes a couple hours. And then it has to stay 60 long enough for the stuff to dry. So I have to make sure it's getting done at like 2 in the afternoon. I leave at 4.30 and I and I stock the stove up before I go. And then it's going to have a chance to cure. You know, there's like that's you have to prepare your whole day like that. And that is a is a problem that you California boys may not have to deal with. I'm sorry that your garage door drips on you every once in a while. Hey, I got to prepare like to look for the podcast. I was kind of prepared because it's a little chilly out here and I had to plug in my heater. Did you really plug in a heater? Yes. <laughs> I don't use the word ridiculous very often. <laughs> you are ridiculous. I what I am not is chilly right now. That's what I'm not. Yeah, but you that are ridiculous. Insane. Well, I am ridiculous, but still. I don't even, no. I don't even like think about heat unless it's like 40 or below. It's just like <laughs> the shop, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's 45 today. It's like, right, hey, well, now that anything. it's not raining so much, there's no clouds to hold in the heat. Therefore, it got a little bit chillier. The temperatures dropped. You guys, this is basic, basic math and science. Basic. basic Thank math. God you're here to teach it to us. <laughs> you're welcome. Both of you in advance. I love you. That is all. So no, is I was going to go back to Tim's things? point. Hmm. about uh, sort of being prepared. So you pull in your materials when you know you're going to need them. I have a lean-to full of uh, banister spindles and uh, whatever the bigger end pieces are. So if I wanted to use them, I'd have to bring them in ahead of time. And I think I'm going to make a maybe some coffee tables out of some of those spindles, use them as legs, hmm. and maybe the bigger... Nice. The I don't know, what do you call the bottom of the banister? You know, the bigger, chunkier pieces whatever that's called i've got four of them i could the actually rail make... the style i don't know what you're talking about they're not the rail but the i don't know i guess the end the end posts i guess they're posts they're not spindles they're oh posts. okay so i have like four of them so i can actually make a pretty decent sized table out of those with those legs i just sort of turn them upside down hmm so where the hand becomes the ball anyway you have a lean to yeah yeah it's All like right. a, that a is so grizzly adams i know I'll is send it, you a picture, but it's it basically a little shack. Like pine tree? Is it made out of like pine tr- branches and like survivor? Oh no, it's made out of did, did you woven, painted OSB. Did you woven the the fronds? <laughs> there are no fronds in Montreal. <laughs> did you pack the pine needles in mud? Nope. It's made of wood and shingles. <laughs> it's just a really crappy shed. Yeah, but it's against my house, so you call it a lean-to. So, oh, so you, so you took a 4 by 8 and you leaned it against your house and you put stuff under it. I grandfathered this bad boy. It's super legal, but if you grandfathered it, you get to keep it. Oh. <laughs> but if you just I lean don't... a piece of 4 by 8 against your house, it's not That's a not a lean-to. You're just lazy. <laughs> How is it? You, got, you have to send us a picture of this thing now. I, yeah, I'm... I mean, I, I'm... 
Because well, I, I, I have a hunch I know what it is. And, what it is. <laughs> no, sure. I think I think he's talking about an actual lean-to, and I know what you're talking about. And well, I used to make those as a kid out of yeah. sticks. You know, in, no, in Tim, it's, like, it's not a real. tent. It's, it's, it's a real... It's a, it's a shed small that has three walls and a door. And the fourth wall is the house. Yes. Yeah, I, need Tim. A, I need a picture. I will send you a picture tomorrow. Tim's still looking for the rope and the blanket over the top. And uh, the, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's and underneath the, your old dining chairs. and the, the, you got a sofa cushion involved. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And him and Vance right. with flashlights trying to scare each other. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I love pillow forts, man. That's like one of my favorite things to make. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, right. I, I don't know how he went from lean to the pillow forts. <laughs> From being it's about prepared, being prepared but, buddy. Uh, yeah, we, we I was I was not <laughs> I was not prepared for that. We were, last thing we were talking about was Phil's nuts. And now we're on pillow forts. So fast forward, yep. pressing that button. Right. Uh, you know, so we talked about being prepared to make, and but we didn't really talk about like I don't know. I guess the next step of preparation when it comes to making, like we talked about preparing stock, and Tim talked about being prepared mentally. But then how are we prepared physically? What do you guys do as your routine to make sure that you're prepared to actually spend a few hours in the shop making? Oh, I lift. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like no loose clothing. That kind oh, of yeah. I don't, that, that whole safety thing that you're into is not part of my preparation. Well, I, I'm not really Experience. a safety guy, but I don't really want to get clothing sucked into a saw blade. I, well, that's why I cut the sir, uh, my sl- sleeves off to my shirts. See, I am prepared. So that works. Yeah, so he has an excuse for turning on his heater. He has no <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. You know, I got a license honestly, for these guns. What I was thinking, honestly, of the next step in the prepared part is, especially if you're making for sale, is are you prepared to deliver the product that you've made? And are you prepared to to have the client? Because again, we're reclaimers. We're not we're not building off of new material. Most often, we're not. You know, this is going to be a reclaimed look. It's going to be a rustic look. It's going to have mm-hmm. that that look that we do as reclaimers. How are you prepared? Have you prepared the client for their the expectations? Phil, I guess you kind of do because you post a picture of it. Tim, you yeah. have to actually sit down with the client and try and explain what it's going to look like. Is that true or no? Uh, well, yeah. I- I have enough photos now of things that I've made so I can prepare the client for like, you know, what I do. Sometimes stuff is, and, and, you know, sometimes I have ideas for things like people will, and I'm sure my idea is just not understood and it probably doesn't ever happen. You know, sometimes it does, you know, but that's fine. But, uh, you know, but yeah, you have to be clear and concise with explaining your idea and you have to show like if someone wants an entertainment center and they're like, you know, I always ask for pictures. If I can get them, it's great. Like a picture of the space. Cause you learn so much about the customer and what they're, you know, if they want a reclaimed table, like there's different levels of a reclaimed table, you know, absolutely. if, if you look absolutely. into their house and they're, and they're like, you know, seven figure people, it's like, then they want this kind of reclaimed table. You know, if it's an apartment, you know, then maybe they want this kind of reclaimed table. So that's always very helpful. Um, to, so I understand whether, you know, what kind of budget to work in with them and, uh, and what kind of materials to discuss with them and, and how far that's- into it to go. Getting a picture of the space that they're talking about, that's an extremely helpful tip. And I think um, that's uh, no jokes in this part right now. Everybody listening, listen to what Tim just said. Pictures worth a thousand words. Get a picture of the space of where the client wants to put it and with enough of a background to see what's in their house a little bit. Not that you're going to 
you know, case the place, but oh no, no, but but exactly. If you see they have like a bunch of like a joke, yeah. (laughs) If you see they have like a bunch of IKEA furniture in there and they're looking to kind of up their game, it's like oh okay, you know, I get it. They're it's it's, it's no disrespect. They're just that's their budget. That's where they're. I can't afford the stuff I make. Well, it's not only budget, but it's style too. Some people's idea of reclaimed is having this. They might want really rough, no finish. Right, but some people's idea of reclaimed is using reclaimed lumber to make a fine finished product. Exactly, which is like what I'm personally into right now, you know, is to try to really take it to that level. But then, so someone might, I mean, I've made tables. It's like I can make, I can make a $500 table. I can make a $50,000 table and I can do them both out of reclaimed material. Which do you, are you, which market are you in? You know, when I see a picture of the space that it's going to live in, I instantly know which market they're in. Mm Mm-hmm. That's you a know, good way to be prepared for the project mm-hmm. that you're about to take on. Yeah, because I don't want to pitch it. If I pitch a $50,000 table to a $500 person, they're just – You're wasting yeah. their time and yours. And mine. Yeah, and that's and that's what I've learned a, you know, a lot about that mental preparation is like that. I spend hours and hours a week writing to potential customers – you know, back and forth that are just not billable hours, you know, in design and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, maybe my 25% of them turn into customers, maybe, maybe more, maybe less. Sometimes you got to start to figure out when to, to walk away, you know, (laughs) like on that, you can't just people be prepared to walk away. Yeah. Be prepared. Ooh, look at Phil with his little segue right there. That was nice. Is it a segue if we're talking about it? No, I think it's I an don't outro. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick before we outro this this topic, I'm uh, when you get a little older, when you guys have gained some experience, when you need to prepare people for what you can do, you just send them to go get a haircut. Huh? Get it? Because I no. built the salon, and that way they can see what I. What it's I was going to say. It's not an inside is, joke. I mean, if only you get it. Oh well, it's inside my head. Hello. <laughs> Yeah. What I was going to say is that I have to start preparing because the girls are thinking of opening up uh, number two salon. Oh, mm. wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for awesome. you. Yeah. So hey, tell Casey be, uh, to give me a call. I'd be more than happy to help her furnish that. Yeah. I'm happy to you know build out the stations for her. But yeah. She Where probably she can needs? afford somebody good now. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was not oh, prepared wow. for that. smaller uh, about half the size but they are thinking about this so i am preparing for what can be uh, a bunch of work coming my way because normally i try not to work at all this is probably a podcast episode but how are you going to be able to do that and work full time are you gonna have to take time off to do it no the same way i did the other one it's just you have to you know every day after work on the weekends right uh you know a lot of like tim said a lot of it is I'm lying in bed. I don't sleep a lot anyway. And then you're lying in bed. And if you've got a design idea, you've got to build it, take it apart multiple times in your head. Because especially if you've been doing it for a while, you'll do it on the 13th time that you're putting it together in your head. You go, oh, nope, that's not going to work. And yeah. you know, yeah. it clicks. Yeah, no, it's, I I used to write so songs true. that way too. I would just yeah. sit and you go, that doesn't work. That can't, you know. But yeah, if you if you sit and you think it, you do it well, you know, when you're, you know, driving or whatever, you know, like where you can just have that sort of 20% it's, of your it's brain. It's always going around. It's building. always going around in the back of your head. Yeah. Jimmy talks about that a lot where there's always mm. stuff going on. And yeah. uh, it's, just, you, it's just. Ha- you get a snapshot of this is what it's going to look like. 
Right. And it's complicated and there's many levels and layers. And then, so you start breaking down, well, how am I going to connect the legs to the bottom without there being a screw sticking out? Or how am I going to do this? Yeah. Every step of the way. And then you get to it in, in every project I do, there's still one thing that comes up. <laughs> Not every, but most of them. There's well, still like, one thing that comes up. Like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's, that's the like first my, time from Tim. No, it's no, not it's the not. first time. No. I just swore oh, okay. last week. <laughs> well, I say another thing, an added layer that I have to prepare for in doing this too, is that um, the timing of it. So not only do I have to have everything mm. ready for when they're going to open the doors, but I've also got to prepare each piece to be modular. So in other words, it's got to be, I can make it, put it together, and then it's got to be taken apart and stored until they're ready. You know, I right. can't, oh, wow. I don't have, you don't yeah, have I don't have the room. in your shop. Yeah, right. Leave it outside. So I, trust me, That's it was it was ton, man. It was it was weird making everything the last time in that manner, you know. And and then it's like, okay, construction's done. They've signed the lease. Here we go, ready. And you get everything in the salon. You put it all together. You assemble it. Boom. There, I did, you know, salon, so. I, not to be devil's advocate, but I just I don't know if you're prepared for this. I but I am Casey. <laughs> so just give me a call, Casey. I'll take care of you. I have plenty of experience with knockdown. Uh, furniture I've building, shipped, so I've shipped internationally. You know, yeah. If we want to decorate the salon with um, sixteen-foot dining tables and whiskey boxes for seats, I think uh, we'll give you guys a call. Listen, cabinets are just basically bigger boxes, so yeah. <laughs> I don't have a box, pal. I work outside of everything. Oh, oh look at this guy! Next week's topic: outside of the box. Outside of the box. Yeah, that's been outside. Of I'm just kidding. That's box. not to say. I don't know if we're prepared yeah. for that. Um, okay. <laughs> what are we watching? Uh, let's mix it up. Um, Tim, you go first. How is that mixing it up? It's like 50 50 because you always go last. Why don't you go first? Don't tell me what to do. All right. Actually, the um, last three podcasts, he's gone first, but go ahead and go first anyway. Yeah. Wait, who's so, gone? Uh, Phil's gone first? Is Phil going to. Yeah. Who's go on first? first? <laughs> Bill so, Bird Base. Uh, yeah. Mine is. Um, is a channel that I've been binging recently. He's this Australian dude, and the channel is called Pask Makes. Oh, yeah. Great stuff. Ah! I just, yes. You I just him? subscribed to his channel. Yeah. yeah good stuff. He the guy's like, the amazing guy's awesome. stuff. Yeah, he's blowing he makes, up, too. Like, all, you know what? The thing is, is I'm addicted to the shop furniture guys and the shop fixture guys and the sell, and the tool like the homemade tool guys. Well, you and I everybody else on stuff. YouTube. That's why, I mean, those guys do really well. Those types of videos are very successful. Well, I just think they're so, first of all, they're super interesting. Just the ingenuity mm. of somebody coming up with their own design for something that you would use all the time. Like, all, he makes all these different vices. And and stuff, he, and yeah. Yeah, and he, he makes uh, workbenches, and he made a cool tail vice. But he, he doesn't, and he's super reclaiming, right? So he's like right up our alley, very industrial. He turned one of those disposable jacks that come with a car, you know, like they're yeah. basically meant yeah, for the one jacks. time you have a blowout. Yeah. He turned that into a tail vice. So nice. he's done some really, really cool stuff. And like a lot of his, the wood that he uses reclaimed. Anyways, Aussie, I just watched one that he did today for these uh, for these bar clamps. That Very cool. I, mm. I really, really like it. He kind of, he makes the things similar to the way John Heise does. With yeah. uh, he uses a lot of yeah. the construction adhesive and lock nuts to do things. Anyway, so check it out. I, 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 I just started watching it. So great, mm. great job, Phil. Oh, thank you very much. Go ahead, Tim. Okay, I wanted to mention my buddy over in uh, Germany, Dominic Bender, who yes. has a 
challenge coming up, and he's got videos about it on his channel, but they're still sort of obtuse, but I'm pretty sure he's going to have a real one. <laughs> but he does an annual, uh, one of those in- annual internet uh, build challenges, uh, the tree challenge. And so basically you start with a piece of wood that still has bark on it and make what you want. And he has sponsors and giveaways and prizes and stuff. Uh, I think, I-, I know I answered it at least one year. Yes, yes, Bill. Um, would it count if I just got a piece of wood and then had Danny in the background barking? Yes, Phil. I was wondering, um, the piece of wood has to have bark on it at the beginning, but does it have to have the bark on it as a finished product? No, Phil, it does not. That's a great question. Thank you. <laughs> no, because the idea I... is to show that it it was like it wasn't milled and prepared lumber, but it was you know something cut from a tree, you know, like okay. a log, or and then so you know it could be I mean, it could be a thirty six inch round log, or it could be like a four inch round branch, whatever. But just show that it has bark on it, and it's off a tree, and it wasn't okay. from a lumber yard, and then to turn that into something else. And as if you're a woodworker and you're listening to this, you know how cool that challenge is to just pull a piece of wood out of your firewood pile or whatever. Or go cut the a dead branch off your apple tree because you you know that there's stuff in there. It's a really fun challenge, and you know Vance and I have done stuff like that. And uh, I'm gonna hopefully do something either by myself or with Vance because he has his own channel now. So I don't know if he's still working with me. <laughs> he <laughs> does. Wow. Be but, prepared uh, for that kid to have a huge head. Yeah. Just, so yeah, he's actually or, Vance's... or to be successful in his own right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, as a, either as or, a parent, big head, successful, whatever. As a parent, Phil, and, and I'm sure you agree with me, you know, you see like you see like the truck that's like, you know, Smith and Sons plumbing or Joe and Sons carpentry. And I always look at it like it's totally be I don't want my son to follow in my footsteps. I want him to just run past me. Oh, I yeah. want to be running after him. I don't want it to be like, oh hey, well here you can take over the junk I've been doing for the past forty <laughs> years, you know? <laughs> like, no, Forget all your dreams. You just yeah. do what I'm doing. Yeah, this this was my father's dream. Two. <laughs> fill the sequel. That's what right. I'm looking with for children. Right. Fill almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, so so Vance has been messing around with iMovie. I uh I have an iPad that he uses and it's questionable wow. whose iPad it actually is. Right. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. So but uh I don't use it, you know. But uh so I he has iMovie on it. He's been making his own iMovies. With the you know the the music that's in there, the cam music and the slideshows and photos yeah. that he's taken, and he actually has one that he made that we think we're going to put up on the, on his channel, which is like super exciting because it's like now this is like written and directed and and actually edited by wow. Vance. So now Vance was using in Boston. He was showing me he had something where he was actually kind of editing little um, something. It, it wasn't quite iMovie, but it was like a, a game or something. Oh, Minecraft. Actually... Yeah, that's is that what Minecraft. it was? That's a whole other thing, and that's actually a billion-dollar industry on YouTube uh, alone. <laughs> I just oh, thought yeah, it was yeah. amazing that he was sitting there editing these little clips to show me right in front of me. That was awesome. So yeah, it's cool, and that's that's the thing with uh, you know, like I don't want I don't want my kids to grow up like in a void of the technology, but I also don't want it to be like all there is to life, you know. And so Vance is pretty well rounded. Like he still like, know, he does that stuff fine. and he plays it, but then he still wants to go in the shop and like like use a hand plane. Keeping, like, both of you as my, keeping both of you as my father figures, I feel like I'm well-rounded, too. But I'm working out. I'm going to try and lose a few pounds. Yeah, good. good. We been... still have some discipline issues with you, <laughs> frankly, but uh, <laughs> I definitely see some improvement. <laughs> right, who's next? I think, well, I, I guess think... that leaves just me. Think, oh, God. Yeah, our problem child. <laughs> so, first of all, I'd like to say hi to, to Ryan Ridgely. He's been um, uh, playing with us on Inst- uh, Twitter oh, yeah. lately. 
Yeah. Uh, so, hey, Ryan, what's up, man? Thanks for the love. Um, Patty Gilstrap, um, uh, Flirt Brooklyn, Inc. Do you guys we know, remember Patty? She, yeah. she took on Downsizing. that job. Look what I got. She sends me something. Maybe you guys got something too, but remember we used her topic? No. I got this. She made <laughs> she made from – oh, that's because I wanted to use her topic. That's why. Um, uh, it's a scrap pile little pouch with a zipper on it, which is that's really awesome. cool. But this is the best thing. It's a Star Trek. It says, have a fascinating holiday, right? And then she says – Bill, nothing says upcycling like an off-season card. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> that is fascinating. So, I thank used you to do so that much, too. Patty. <laughs> I used to get people like Christmas cards for their birthday and stuff, like all the time, just because I thought it was funny. That's yeah, hilarious. I just save. I just save the cards crazy like Uncle you guys Tim. send me. Yeah. That's why they don't call me anymore. <laughs> Mission and then. Uh, Last last shout out real quick, uh, James Hamilton, Stumpy Nubs. Yeah. He posted, uh, he said he was bored and he made a list of 20 rules that all YouTubers and content creators have to know. And it was just making fun of the expectations of the 1% of viewers that are kind of not the nicest people in the world. It is funny. I shared it uh, on my Facebook. So check it out. James Hamilton, 20 rules of YouTubing. It's hilarious, especially number three that deals with constructive criticism, but we don't want to talk about that. So uh, who are we? Who are, who are my recommending this week? Uh, a friend of ours or a friend of mine um, just opened up an actual retail store. He's been making for many, many, many years. He's uh, quite the craftsman. The story goes that he was uh, uh, going to make a, an urn for a family member uh, for ashes. And then that, it was a beautiful thing and a memory and he was doing it for people's pets and that turned into chairs and artwork and wall hangings, all kinds of stuff. Frank Snyder, Adirondack Rustic mm-hmm. is the name of his website. He just opened a physical store in New York and I'm excited for him. When I was going through my rough spot last year, the entire community pitched in and gave me love and support. But Frank actually messaged me. He's in New York. I felt like he would have driven to California to go get me a Coke if I wanted one. I mean, the guy's just... Big heart. I love you, Frank. Um, you're not the prettiest person I've ever met. Oh, I haven't actually met you yet, but but you're a good guy. He's. He, if you look in some of my videos, you see the big loot sign. It glows in the dark. Frank sent that to me. Just big heart. Wow, Adirondack awesome. Rustic Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, love and support Facebook page under the same name. Um, he's He's got a group on Facebook as well called Mutts Makers United to Succeed. Email him, Frank Schneider, somewhere. Find him. All that stuff's on his website, and um, uh, I love you, brother. Thanks for all the love and support, and congratulations on the physical store. I think you're going to do well. New York is happy to have you. Congrats, Frank. Good luck. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's it. You're welcome, both of you. Nice. nice, uh, That was a really nice shout-out. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out MakerTechReviews.com. There's another one that went up today about uh, some Bessie straps. Thanks, Sean, for your patience with me. Uh, WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff at Reclaimed Audio on Twitter. Or if you got something longer for us, um, more in depth topic suggestion, hit us up on email info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com. Uh, don't forget to leave us an iTunes review. It takes 30 seconds and we love getting them and they really, really, really help. I swear to God, guys, they really help. Help us out. Yes, absolutely. And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, I will say it again, is the absolute best way to get us to continue to do this week in, week out. 
Um, we love you guys. Um, and I lied last week when I said that we were going to do a full reading of all our Patreon supporters this week. We'll do it next week. Bill, don't forget to remind me. I won't. And I just want to say real quick, WilliamLoose.com now includes MakerTech reviews. There's a link to that. It also includes uh, MWA, Modern World Workers Association. But the biggest, biggest, most amazing thing, it includes a link to Vance Maker's channel. So check out WilliamLoose.com. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So He's thank got you, more Justin subscribers Sparks. than me already. I actually lost subscribers in the e-crew. <laughs> I only have a certain amount of subscriptions right. I'm going to keep. I told I you. I can't subscribe to both. Was, right. It was it was one. It was Phil. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of Modern Woodworkers Association, I am actually going to record with them this week. So I don't know what week that will. Oh man, be they'll airing. let anybody on that show. But, uh, apparently, Honestly. they will. Yeah, God. I think they got they got guilted into having me on the show because of some Twitter. I think I think what you're, the word you're looking for is extortion. They were extorted into having you. <laughs> what? Content. Why do you guys? You guys, I swear, you know, sometimes the abuse it gets to be too much. Well, the door is over there, my man. Anytime. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't leave. That was a bluff. Okay, guys. Oh. Have a great week. You had me at. Bye, home. everybody. <laughs> be good. <laughs>